Welcome to today's episode of Come Draw From The Well. I'm your host, Victoria Fisher, and today we're going to be talking about healthy beginnings, your first steps to a cleaner lifestyle. So I have been in the natural health world myself as a client for about 13 years. So I've had to learn a lot about adjusting from a traditional standard American diet, um, the way I was used to living my life, um, the foods I was used to eating, uh, the sleep schedule I used to have. Um, I had to change all of those in order to get my body into a better state of health. So um, these are tips that I have learned over the years um, and also tips that I now share with my clients um, as I'm working with them to also take them onto the next um, level of their healing journey. So some of these things may seem pretty simple, pretty basic, and simple is, is good. Um, we don't need to go hardcore, heavy duty, um, the kind of go big or go home mentality right off the bat. Sometimes we need to take a small step, just one small step, um, and that can be difficult. I know it can be difficult. Um, it's something I have a, a problem myself with kind of the, I don't know what to do first, so I freeze and don't do anything. So um, this podcast, this episode today is to give you some tips and tools that are hopefully some simple first steps that aren't overwhelming, that can get you to that, um, that first level of healing and to get your body into a better state of health. Um, so first off, we're going to talk about drinking water. Water is, um, it's life. Um, like we need water every single day. Um, it's not a nutrient that we can store. It's not something that we can really make. We can make some water just by um, inhaling it and exhaling. Um, we breathe in oxygen, we breathe out CO2 and water, but we're not hydrating our body just by breathing. We're not even hydrating our body just by eating. And we are certainly not hydrating our body by drinking coffee, by drinking soda, by drinking um, fruit drinks. All of those things are not actually hydrating your cells and hydrating your tissues. Our body needs water for everything. Each and every cell in our body requires water for all of its, um, its enormous functions and its um, miraculous functions. So we need to give our body what it needs. We need to drink water. Now, just going to your tap and drinking the water straight out of the tap isn't the best option. It's better than coffee, better than soda, certainly. But the right kind of water is really important as well. Um, so that whole that's a whole world in and of itself as to um, what water filters are out there. Purified water versus reverse osmosis versus alkaline water, um, even well water. Um, the first step that you really need to take, honestly, is just drinking more water. So if you are used to drink, waking up first thing in the morning and going downstairs and making a pot of coffee or a cup of tea, I encourage you to change that. Instead, have a glass of water sitting on your nightside, on your, um, your bedside table, right on your nightstand. Before you even get out of bed, once you just sit up, drink some water. Um, that's the easiest thing you can do to get more water intake in, and that's one of the healthiest things that you can do. While we're sleeping, our body is restoring, it's healing, but it's also detoxifying. Our liver detoxifies as we sleep, our lungs have a detoxification process as we're sleeping, and so do our large intestines. 
but we have to get rid of those toxins. We have to flush that out of our body. So the first thing that you should do as soon as you wake up in the morning is drink water. So have a glass about a, um, at least an eight ounce glass, if not a 12 or 16 ounce glass of water right next to you. Um, I drink water as soon as I get up out of bed. Um, I have a, a 40 ounce water bottle that I carry with me everywhere and I even drink out of it when I'm at home. I rarely drink out of um, a glass unless it's just a repurposed jar like this. Um, so that, like I said, first thing in the morning, that's what I drink is water. So I might be stepping on some toes and getting into your morning ritual. I know a lot of people are really tied into their coffee and Jesus time first thing in the morning. I don't want to take away your, your devotional time. Absolutely continue doing that. But have a glass of water maybe or drink the water first. Have something to eat first and then have your, your Jesus and coffee time. If you can't do that um, and, and push back the coffee um, and, or have push back the, your, your devotional time, make sure you're getting that in, um, but push back your coffee time. Um, coffee is actually better if you're going to drink it. It's better when you have food in your stomach, so it's better with a meal. Um, and there's a lot of things that we can talk about with coffee, but that's probably gonna be in another episode. So that's an easy thing to do. Like I said, is just have water first thing in the morning. Um, if you are used to having your mid-afternoon pick-me-up because two, three o'clock in the afternoon rolls around and you are just kind of nodding off at your desk, um, you need to take a nap, you feel that mid-afternoon slump or that wall, it may be because you aren't drinking enough water. Now, there are many, many factors into that. But one of the things may be that you're just not hydrating properly. So instead of reaching for a snack or reaching for a soda or reaching for a cup of coffee, the first thing I encourage you to do is drink um, a glass of water. There's a lot of other benefits um, to drinking that water other than hydrating. It actually helps with your energy regulation. Um, it helps with detoxification. So um, it helps even sometimes if you feel like you're hungry. Um, we have, um, as Americans, because of our diet, we've canceled out our body's kind of natural um, thirst cues, even some of our natural hunger cues. But sometimes when you're hungry, especially if it's kind of in between a meal and you or you've eaten about an hour or two before and you're feeling hungry again, again, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes that actually can be because you have not had enough water during the day. So again, I encourage you if you're feeling a little snackish um, and you're not really wanting to eat or you don't need to eat again, drink some water. Water has, again, like I said, so many benefits, but also a lot of times the, the symptoms that we're experiencing are because we're not getting enough in. So I mentioned that mid-afternoon slump. Um, also, if you tend to have headaches, headaches are a whole world in and of themselves. Um, I actually got into natural health and wellness and started as a client at the Well of Life Center and eventually started working there because I had chronic headaches and migraines. I woke up every single day of my life with a headache and oftentimes those headaches would progress into migraines very quickly. I was chronically dehydrated. Yes, I drank water, but I also drank soda or I tried to cut that out as I was trying to be healthy. Um, I also drank coffee. Um, I was a registered nurse so um, and I worked night shift for a time. So coffee was everything for that. Um, a 24 ounce coffee uh, as I was driving into work or I would stop um, to get a 24 ounce of coffee at one of those, you know, drive throughs I'm not going to promote any of them. Um, but that was kind of my fuel that as I thought it would be, as I thought it should be. But I was chronically dehydrated and I wasn't um, eating the right foods as well. And we'll talk about that as we're moving along also. But um, that lack of water, that lack of, of hydration 
chronically being dehydrated, um, that promoted headaches for me. And I notice now as I have gotten to know my body and as I've um, worked through a lot of different things that my body was dealing with, if I start to get a bit of a headache, a little bit of head pressure, if I start yawning a lot, um, oftentimes that's my brain trying to get oxygen to it, but also water helps to carry that into the brain as well. Um, so water is a very, very important part of your everyday life. So make sure that you're hydrating. The goal for your water intake should be about half your body weight in ounces of water every single day. So if you weigh 150 pounds, you should drink 75 ounces per day. So that standards um, eight glasses, eight eight ounce glasses or 64 ounces is only good if you're about 128 to 130 pounds. That would be your recommended amount. Um, if you are, if you weigh more than that, you need to drink more water than that. Now, if you're the type of person, and um, many of my clients who come in, when I the first time that I'm meeting them, I ask how much water they drink in the day, and they say maybe two or three glasses. So I always have to quantify like eight ounce glasses, 12 ounce glasses, how big are they? Um, so generally, a lot of people only drink about 24 to 48 ounces of water. And I have had people tell me that they drink even less than that. And they're drinking like pots of coffee a day, not just one or two, but whole big 12 cup pots of coffee per day. Or they reach for um, soda or they do juice or they don't like water, so they don't drink it. That still blows my mind, but and that's not the point. Um, so if you're used to only drinking 24 ounces of water a day per se, don't go and go to your refrigerator or go to your, your sink and start guzzling down 100 ounces of water in, in one day. Your body is not used to that. When we're dehydrated, think of your cells as like raisins versus grapes. So when we're dehydrated, our cells are like raisins. We need to plump them up and get them to grapes. Um, so hydration, slow hydration is best. It's also like a dried out plant. If you have a completely dried out plant, there's not a lick of moisture in the soil. You can't just dump a bunch of water on it and expect it to absorb into the roots. Most of the time, what you'll find is the water just kind of beads on the top and kind of pours around the side, but it doesn't actually seep into the soil. And that's because the soil is so dehydrated that there's nothing really to pull the water in. So what is best is to slowly increase or slowly um, introduce or incorporate water into that soil. So we need to do the same with our body. So if you are chronically dehydrated, slowly increase your water intake. So if you're, again, used to drinking 24 ounces, try drinking 30 ounces a day. Be consistent with that. Measure your water, because a lot of people also say, I don't measure my water, so I don't know I'm drinking all day long. You can carry your water bottle all day long and take sips of it and think you're drinking a lot, but you're just sipping kind of a little bit throughout the day. So measure your water intake start slow get to like i said if you started at 24 get to 30 ounces once you get 30 ounces in consistently and you don't feel like you have to rush to the bathroom or that you're bloated or anything like that then go to 40 ounces same thing give your body a few days let you let your um, your body adjust and then you increase again and little by little you just want to increase the amount of water that you're drinking every single day and then it becomes habit and a lot of people i actually this was something that um that my daughter, I'll probably mention her a lot, but um, I was encouraging her to drink more water. Now she's 18, she's starting to understand how her body's operating and what her body needs. And now that she drinks enough water for her body weight, 
when she doesn't drink it, she knows. She notices and she kind of gets a little antsy when she doesn't have a water bottle around her. Um, and I do the same thing. So that's how we should be, is we should think of water as life and be drinking enough water. Now, probably in a later pod podcast, we'll go in more in depth as to what the right kind of water is. There are so many water filtration systems out there. There's so much that you can be doing there. Um, so to do a deep dive into that may be, may be necessary. Um, so that's step number one. I spent a lot of time on that step because I think it's probably the most important thing. The next thing that you can do as your first steps to a healthier lifestyle is stop eating and drinking sugar. Sugar, I jokingly call sugar the devil's glitter. It's terrible. It's not something that we should have in our diet and we should not be consuming it at the levels that we do and how, um, how often we do. And sugar is in everything. Sugar is in the ketchup that you put on your French fries. Um, sugar is in the, the, the drink that you get from your favorite coffee place. It's loaded with sugar. Um, it's in the soda. It's in fruit juices. It's in so many different places and places that we may not necessarily think of. But sugar is highly inflammatory, um, so if you have joint pain, arthritis, um, typically more like osteoarthritis, if you have um, swelling, if you have fatigue, if you have um, issues with fungus and yeast and bloating and so many other things, sugar can actually feed into or eat, be the root cause of those symptoms. So I encourage you to stop eating sugar right off the bat. Um, when I started on my wellness journey as my, after my very first visit to the well, uh, the very next day, um, I made a huge overhaul to my diet and my family did right along with me. Um, so instead of putting sugar in my coffee, I still drink coffee, um, but I put agave in my coffee. Agave is a better option, especially when it's raw, um, the dark, dark, raw blue agave, better option than sugar, but I use that as a stepping stone to get me off of sugar. So it still breaks down and metabolizes in your body to sugar, and it can still affect your blood sugar and, and affect um, metabolic functions, but it was a way to get me off of the refined sugar. Once I was able to kind of adjust from that, um, I was able to start listening to my body and learn that, hey, agave, I don't, I don't really need this either. I don't feel so great with this either. So if I do use added sugar in something, I use coconut sugar um, or I'll use uh, raw honey, especially raw local honey um, or a, a good organic grade B maple syrup, grade A or B maple syrup. Um, but adding sugar to your food is honestly unnecessary and a lot of processed foods and a lot of low fat foods are actually higher in sugar um, and just to touch on the low fat foods when you remove fat from food you remove flavor from it and flavor is is key to food it, it gives us enjoyment and it gives us satiety so we feel satiated or satisfied when we eat certain certain things but if you remove fat from something that naturally has it you have to replace that kind of satisfied feeling. And usually it's sugar that goes in and vast amounts of sugar. Um, so I really encourage you to maybe start looking at your, your food labels and look at um, how much sugar is added in. You'd be surprised when it comes down to it, um, how much sugar is added into our packaged or processed foods. An easy way also to get off of sugar is get away from packaged and processed foods. Um, but we'll talk about that too. So sugar is another um, easy first step to a cleaner life, getting away from sugar. 
Now I do want to mention that if you are removing sugar from your diet, I do not encourage you to add artificial sweeteners. So things like Splenda, um, uh, aspartame, um, so sucralose, aspartame, anything like that. So your equal sweet and low Splenda, all those things. I really encourage you to stay away from those. Those are extremely toxic. Um, there have been multiple, multiple studies done on those things and how um, they actually impact our cellular health and they have, um, they can damage our cells and our cell function. And there also have been studies that when you use artificial sweeteners, your brain still thinks you're eating something sweet, so it still signals your body to respond to that sugar. So it will still spike your insulin, it'll still spike your cortisol, and over time it can actually still spike your blood sugar. So I do not encourage that you add in artificial sweeteners. You can do some things like um, a natural liquid stevia, an organic stevia. Um, if you're looking for a, a low calorie or zero calorie sweetener, you can use monk fruit extract. Um, sugar alcohols, eh, they're okay. I'm not a fan of them personally and I don't tolerate them very well. So I don't tend to gravitate towards those at all. Um, but if you feel like xylitol or erythritol is something that you can handle, then you can use those as well. And then also we just don't need to think our food to be that sweet. So it's kind of, re we have to retrain our taste buds to not eat so much sugar and not crave things that are so sweet. So um, again, my personal experience over time, I just use less and less sweetener. Um, so that way I can kind of wean myself off of it. Because if you give your taste bud sugar, if you give your body sugar, it's going to crave sugar, plain and simple. Um, so I really encourage you to try to move away from the amount of sugar that you're adding to your food. Step number three in healthy beginnings is um, to change your cookware. This could be a more difficult step or a more challenging step, especially if you have invested in um, like a huge Teflon or Calphalon um, cookware set and you, just, you may not have the funds because you can spend a pretty penny on your cookware. I do understand that. But you can also um, do some bargain shopping and look for things that are on sale and just maybe piece by piece change your cookware. So what I did and what I encourage my clients to do is if there's like one pan that you use on a regular basis and it's an aluminum or a toxic nonstick pan, I encourage you to swap that out. So I looked for a pan that, um, because I eat eggs on a pretty regular basis. So since that's a staple in my diet, I have kind of like my designated egg pan so that I can make my scrambled or fried eggs in that pan. I know it's a good quality pan um, and that's the one I kind of use on a daily basis. Um, over the years, I've swapped out um, the poor quality toxic nonstick and I have started to incorporate stainless steel, cast iron pans, um, glass cookware. I actually prefer glass cookware for baking, um, for more so not necessarily um, like baking sweets or treats, which again, we wanna limit that. Um, but when I'm roasting vegetables, which is my favorite way to cook my vegetables, I prefer to use a glass um, baking dish. Um, when I'm making um, meats or fish in the oven, I prefer a glass baking dish. Um, so there are many, many things um, out on the market that you can find that are not aluminum based and that are not the traditional nonstick. So I encourage you to start swapping that out. So you don't, don't feel like you have to go throw all of your pots and pans away and you, can, you have to spend thousands of dollars on new cookware. You can, if you have the funds to, and you have the means to, don't throw it away, donate it, give it to somebody else. Although we don't wanna necessarily promote other people using things that aren't good for them. Um, but I do encourage you to, even if you have to little by little, um, replace things and 
That way we know that the food, not only that you're eating good quality food, but also you're cooking it in a good quality vessel, um, which is also very important. You can also um, use um, a good quality grill, um, clay pots. There's all different things that you can do um, to try to change the way in which you cook. The other thing is, is I encourage you not to use aluminum foil when you're cooking. Uh, a lot of people will do that for easy cleanup, and that's what we like in our culture is fast and easy. Um, but aluminum foil is very toxic. When you heat up that very thin sheet of metal, all of those aluminum ions can um, actually start to infiltrate in your food. So you're eating aluminum, basically, if you're cooking with aluminum foil or you're cooking on an aluminum pan. And aluminum has no business in our body. It's a heavy metal, um, it's neurotoxic, it can infiltrate our bones and our tissues. Um, it competes with other minerals. So a heavy metal that's when it's in the presence of our body can start to um, kind of act as or try to replace our minerals. And minerals have vital um, roles in our body and they can't be replaced with a heavy metal like aluminum where we have literally no use for aluminum whatsoever. So we wanna get that out of our routine, out of our, um, our kitchen as quickly as possible. That was, and cooking with aluminum foil would be the thing I would say, just stop doing altogether. Now, if you wanna use um, a good quality unbleached parchment paper, go for it. You can, um, that again, will have a, an easier cleanup. There are some uh, nonstick pans that are um, enamel-based or ceramic-based um, stoneware. There are a lot of different pots and pans out there that still have, that are nonstick and that are easy to clean up. Um, so I encourage you again to uh, just move away from, from using aluminum foil and aluminum pans. The next thing that I want to talk about in your first steps to a cleaner lifestyle or cleaner um, living or eating, because that seems to be the focus is the kitchen today, um, is to improve the quality of your food. Um, get rid of junk food. First and foremost is just get rid of it. Um, when I started um, the natural health journey with myself and my family, my daughter was six years old. So we had to vastly and greatly overhaul her diet. Now, don't get me wrong, she loved fruits and vegetables. She ate lots of protein. She was not a picky eater, thank God. Um, but she liked her junk food too. And we found things that were comparable um, to like your traditional cereals or traditional cereal bars or um, fruit snacks. Um, instead of doing fruit drinks or juice boxes, we did 100% organic fruit juice um, and definitely increased water intake. Um, so get rid of junk food first and foremost. Um, there are a lot of options out there on the market for better quality snacks. Um, and we don't necessarily need to be snacking 24 seven, especially as adults. Um, we really only need three meals a day. That's about it. Um, but that's again, something that we can dig into, um, at another episode, but another way to improve the quality of your food is to, um, imp especially improve the quality of your meats. I encourage people to improve their meats first. Yes, it is a bigger investment. It is more expensive, but it is well worth it. Um, when you eat commercially raised meats and farm raised fish, you are getting all kinds of toxins in there. Um, the feed that those that the livestock and the animals and even the fish are getting is oftentimes genetically modified soy and corn based. Um, it is loaded with antibiotics and growth hormones. Um, and the, the living conditions are terrible for those animals. It's absolutely horrible. So 
Um, I definitely recommend getting away from commercially raised meats. Organic is better. It's a step in the right direction, but the animals are still given organic feed, which could still be organic soy-based or organic corn-based, and not everybody can tolerate that. And we don't want that necessarily in our diets all the time. And whatever the animals eat, we, we're consuming that too. So just keep that in mind. So we want to go more with um, like grass-fed and finished uh, pasture-raised meats and poultry. So that um, we know that the animals are actually in their natural habitat eating what they naturally do. Cows naturally graze on grass. Um, chickens naturally um, are actually omnivores. So they eat bugs and grubs. Chickens are actually great for tick um, tick prevention and, and tick control, uh, population control, because they eat ticks. They eat all kinds of things. But yes, they do um, need a supplemented diet sometimes. So what the, the feed is supplemented with is actually very important as well. Um, we want to go with wild-caught fish. Um, so make sure that, or ocean raised is another thing that you can look for. So, um, again, fish in their natural habitat, um, that are sustainably sourced, that are sustainably, um, caught and fished. That's what you want to be looking for. Uh, while our uh, farm raised fish, while it's readily available and it's a lot cheaper, again, the taste and the quality and the, um, the nutrient value is vastly depleted. Um, also, there are certain things like I've never seen tilapia, in, like wild-caught tilapia in the wild, so I'm not necessarily sure what's going on with that whole thing, but that's a, a theory we can, we can speculate on at a later time. Um, but wild-caught fish is the way that you want to go. Also, if you are eating eggs, you want to go with pasture-raised eggs or eggs that are from pastured hens. Um, because again, the quality of the feed and what the hens are eating is just as important as to what's going um, into your body. So what the animals eat and the eggs that they lay, so what the chickens eat and, the, and then the eggs that they lay, that food and that nutritive value determines the quality of the eggs. Um, we've actually done some comparisons with our clients. Um, in, at the Wildlife Center, we use um, a form of assessment called um, muscle testing. So we've actually muscle tested different eggs on people. Um, I've had clients bring in uh, organic store-bought eggs, store-brand pastured eggs, and um, the eggs that we sell at our facility that are from a local farmer that they have, their, their feed is non-GMO, soy-free, the cleanest you can get, and they, they have a beautiful farm where they raise their animals. Um, so we compared all three eggs on the client to see how their body responded. So the organic egg was an absolute no for the client. It made their body, it put their body to a full-on stress response. So regular organic eggs, Better than your cage-free or your free-range. Those terms don't mean anything in the U.S., but um, that's, again, something that we can talk about later. Um, but the organic eggs did not do well for that client. Then we tried the store-bought pastured eggs or the, the pasture-raised eggs. They were better, but they actually weren't 100%, and they probably over time would have cre created more stress on the client if she incorporated them into her diet. Then we took the eggs that we have from our local farmer and um, tested them against her body and her body was great with them. Um, she had a lot of trouble um, digesting and metabolizing proteins, um, but those eggs she does very well with. She can tolerate, they don't create an inflammatory response in her body. So we know that certain um, quality of food does make a difference. So not everything in your, in your kitchen and in your refrigerator and your pantry needs to be organic. 
um, or the highest, like most expensive, costly thing. But it is something to really think about that if you're eating three plus times a day, you want your food to be the best quality possible and giving you the most nutrients possible. I always compare it to um, a, a carpenter. A carpenter knows that the quality of the wood that they or the lumber that they use to make um, the house or the deck or whatever it is they're doing, it's dependent on uh, or will that so the quality of the lumber that they use will determine the quality of the finished product. Um, I, as somebody who's making like designer shoes or designer handbags, they're not going to necessarily use um, low quality, cheap in, um, materials because you're going to get possibly a low quality, cheap and product. Our bodies are, we need to think about our bodies the same way. We want to get the best quality raw materials so, so that when we are feeding and fueling our body and giving our body the tools that it needs to heal and to regenerate and restore and um, build new cells and heal tissue, we want the best quality ingredients going in. We want the best quality raw materials going in. So your proteins, which are vastly important for the structure of your body and the structure of your cells and your tissues, your fats, which are important for the cell membrane and for your hormones and for fuel for your brain and your carbohydrates, which fuel our body and give us energy. Um, all of those things need to be top-notch quality. So that's something that you really want to start um, looking at is the quality of the food that you're eating. Um, when I started out again on my journey, I spent three hours every single time I went to the grocery store just reading food labels, learning how to shop again, learning how to um, decipher all the hidden names of sugar and the hidden names of um, artificial ingredients and artificial sweeteners and how um, natural didn't really mean a whole lot. Um, that's also uh, very uh, true in like personal care products and bath products and those types of things. Natural, again, in the US is not a regulated term, so it doesn't really mean much. Um, so I really encourage you to look at the quality of your food and start improving that because once again, we're eating three meals a day. We want to start looking. I encourage you to start looking at food as fuel. Yes. Enjoy the food that you eat and love foods that love you back. I heard that phrase from, um, Dr. Amen, who's a renowned, um, neurologist and, and does so much work on the brain. And, um, and he said, love the foods that love you back. And I was like, huh? That is a phenomenal thing to think about is love foods that love you back. Are your foods bringing life or are they feeding death? So that's something that we really want to focus on as we're taking our first steps to a cleaner lifestyle. Um, another thing that you can do is eat more fruits and vegetables. So fruits are a great um, source and usually easy to eat and they're a great source of vitamins, nutrients, phytonutrients, bioflavonoids, a lot of the things that our cells need to be healthy and to fight disease. But vegetables are even more important or just as important and have less sugar in them. Um, and I'm not saying that fruit's bad and that um, natural, uh, naturally occurring sugar from fruit that it's bad, but we can get a lot of it pretty easily and most people are fine with eating fruits. It's vegetables that are the that are the tricky thing, especially for kids nowadays. Um, so vegetables are one of the most important things that you can start incorporating into your day-to-day -day diet. So I recommend that you try to incorporate a, at least one serving of vegetables with every single meal. Yes, including breakfast. So that can be an egg scramble or an omelet with um, lots of fresh veggies like spinach or kale. Um, 
there whatever you want to add in there peppers onions um, even broccoli and asparagus are actually great in eggs at least I think um, so you can incorporate um, vegetables into your breakfast into your lunch salads are easy soups are an, an easy way to get in more vegetables and you can even just do um, like carrot sticks and slices of cucumber and the little organic um, bell peppers, whatever you want. Um, just try to start getting in more vegetables. I'll talk about how um, in another episode, how we can start incorporating um, more nutrients, especially for people who um, have picky eaters and what, and if you're a picky eater yourself, how we can start incorporating more vegetables and more nutrients into our diet. But one thing I did want to touch on today in terms of vegetables is um, that we should look at a list from um, the Environmental Working Group. They put out a list every year called the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen. So the Clean 15 are the produce, the fruits and vegetables that have the least amount of pesticide residue and they don't absorb pesticides um, or they have really thick skin and um, the flesh or the, the fruit in the, on the inside or the flesh on the inside is um, safe to eat or kind of free or less pesticides, free from pesticides or have less pesticides. Um, so that is the Clean 15. So feel free to buy conventional there. Uh, you don't have to buy organic um, if it's on the, the Clean 15 list. The Dirty Dozen, however, is the list that you should absolutely at all times buy organic. So things like berries, apples, lettuces, spinach, like things that have very thin skin or no skin or have just very tender leaves. Those are the things that we want to buy organic. Um, so again, might be a little bit more expensive, but it is well worth it because you won't be getting all those pesticides that are xenoestrogens and toxins, um, all that glyphosate, all those things that are extremely toxic to our body and feed disease and inflammation. So I encourage you to check out the Environmental Working Group, um, their Clean 15 and Dirty Dozen. I think they just released their updated one um, just a few weeks ago. Um, so that is something that I definitely encourage you to look at when you're looking to incorporate more fruits and vegetables into your diet. Um, so I think that pretty much covers the food first steps. So I didn't realize I would be going on that long. And I promised you guys that I would try to keep it short to about 30 minutes. So it's easy to digest and sit and listen to. Um, so our first steps to a healthier or a cleaner lifestyle or healthy beginnings. We started with food because I love food and now I'm eating the foods that love me back. Um, but I definitely wanted to uh, start at, I think an easy pace, hopefully. And again, like I said, no small step is, is too small. It's a step in the right direction. So if you feel like any of these things are doable for you and you can incorporate them into your lifestyle, I strongly encourage you to do that. If you have questions about this or um, anything else that we've covered today or things that you would like to hear um, within our next episodes, please feel free to reach out. And if you need some information about the topics or about what we discussed today uh, about the environmental working group, you can just look them up on your favorite search engine. Um, or if there are things that you want to start digging deeper with, reach out to us because we're going to be talking about a lot more. And if we need to go deeper in some of these um, topics, we absolutely will. Thank you for listening and join us again next time at Come Draw From The Well. Mm -hmm.